Welcome to Bringing Forth, a podcast on spirituality and parenting, where we share stories, insights, and wisdom at the intersection of parenting, spirituality, and real life. This is your host, Rachel Dahl O'Mahony. I have been fortunate to always know that I'm loved by my parents. But to be honest, I have not always been loved well. And as a parent, I have not always loved well. There have been times where my parents didn't always know how to love me in the ways that I needed or weren't always capable of flexing with me in certain ways. I have been fortunate to have people in my life who did know how to love me well. I think of Betty, of Patty, of Marianne, of Amy, just to name a couple. Today's guest, Fran Rossi Spilson, strikes me as one of these people who's very good at figuring out how to love people well wherever they are at. I met Fran a few years ago on Facebook through a mutual friend, and in a handful of online conversations with her, I gotta say, I have felt supported in numerous ways, and I know more than a dozen folks who feel similarly. Fran is a step-parent, and in all honesty, it seems that she relishes being a step-parent. She seems to relish finding ways to love Erica in the ways that Erica needs. She balances being curious and opinionated. She lives in the juxtaposition of, it's not a big deal, and I'm going to lose my temper over this. She struggles with religious institutions, but has carved out a sense of intimacy with the divine. Above all, she seems to strive to love others well. Fran Rossi Spilson is a 63-year-old cisgender woman, white, middle class, born in the Bronx and lives in Clifton Park, New York, outside of Albany. She is a critical and questioning Catholic writer, speaker, and retreat leader. She is married and has a 24-year-old stepdaughter who came into her life when her stepdaughter was eight. Fran was a corporate executive earlier in her life, and when she married and moved to Clifton Park, she went to seminary, started working in church ministry. She is a social media consultant for Clear Faith Publishing and blogs regularly at There Will Be Bread. You can find her on that blog or you can find Fran Rossi Spilson on Facebook or on Twitter. Welcome, Fran. I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad that you said yes to my offer. And I'm really glad to just have a conversation about um, step parenting, which is, you know, a kind of caregiving that so many people are doing and a kind of parenting so many people are doing. And I think it has a, its own uh, dynamics. And I'm really, really glad that you are here to just share about your dynamics and your meaning making around step parenting. Well, it's uh, so lovely to be here with you. Thank you for um, inviting me. Yeah. So who are you parenting? And how did your child come to you? Uh, and who well, are you parenting with? parenting with my husband um now I should point out that Erica is an adult at this point she's 24 she was about eight when I first met her and we had a very fortuitous first meeting when Mark and I were dating she and I just hit it off right away which was great because if we hadn't I mean I know Mark would not have she really was not open to us then it was going to have to, and I knew that, and I understood that, that she was his priority. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it would work out, but I, you know, and, mm-hmm. 
anyway, so I met her and we hit it off from the absolute get go. And uh, from that point forward, I just, you know, I was up here a lot, like every other weekend. Mm -hmm. So I saw a lot of her quickly. And we spent, uh, we've been spending Christmas together since 2004. We, you know, we can get married till 2007, but so like major holidays together, and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And, and uh, so I always had a close relationship with her. Yeah. And um, her mother, uh, I will say is a person who gave, uh, who, who I had a lot of latitude to be a parent um, to Erica. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. understand my role as a step parent. I, I mean, I would say to Eric all the time, you have one mother, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am not your mother. I am your stepmother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I have a very maternal role in her life. And I do to this day. Mm-hmm. I am, um, I'm the go-to parent in crisis. Right. By far. She's very close to her dad. He's number one. Mm-hmm. And I would not say I'm number two or her mother. You know, it's not, it's a, it's who we are in her life are very clear but if she has a problem or something's wrong without hesitation I'm the person she will come to Hmm. and uh uh it's not I think she just knows I have a a kind of availability even I'm in the middle of something Mark doesn't have the kind of work he can just interrupt I somewhat do and you have the right demeanor I'm guessing you can be trusted to not blow your lid well, yes, actually. Um, although I can easily blow my lid about things when she has a problem. And even if she's done something wrong, I will first be like, are you okay? Yeah. Like what happened? And she's prone to some panic around things going wrong. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of, I have an ability to kind of talk her down mm-hmm. because I understand hysterical young women having been one myself with no one to be like, okay, we're just going to breathe together mm-hmm. for a minute. We're just going to breathe. I'm not going to flip out. And I also allow her a lot of space to cry and be very emotional, mm-hmm. at least for a part a moment. And I say, yeah. we got to like, okay, leave. And do I think her mother does that without care for her? No, I think her mother just is not capable of understanding other people's experience she's not an empathetic person she's not a bad person (laughs) yeah yeah um so I've been thinking a lot about the last couple days I read something that was like you know what's the one thing that or like why did God make people why Mm -hmm. did God make humans and it's like a philosophical question but yeah the answer that this text was positing it was that God made humans to be exactly what, like to do exactly what only humans can do, which is to be fully human. Mm. And so I, um, I guess I, from that, I want to ask the question, like, how has parenting Erica alongside Mark made you more fully human? Oh, God. In so very many ways. As a person who lived alone for most of their adult life and who did not really have, I had a desire to have children and be a parent when I was younger, but I, 
I, I got to a point where I was like, well, it's probably not going to happen. And I made my, you know, I don't mean to sound like, well, I just made my peace with it. It was a long process. Mm-hmm. But once I did, I was fine and it mm-hmm. felt very freeing. So then to be in a parental situation was a little like, I had to kind of find my sea legs. First of all, it makes you realize being around children, they really, you know, watch you and learn from you either by what to know what to do or what not to do you think I'd know that from my own screwy childhood but so I think I became aware of a kind of interdependence of a family unit Mm. that caused me to want to be a better person and a more I think I always would want to be a better person or more authentic, but it helped me recognize kind of who I was. And it made me, I was always really struck by, I, I, my mother's love was so powerful for me. Like it was so powerful. And I, I guess I thought, well, I can do that maybe, you know, for Erica, like a love that's so powerful. And I think that makes you more human because it's not like, oh, I love you, la la. But the kind of love that is, uh, you have to be in the gut of your humanity to live, you know? Because it's often ugly and difficult and messy as shit. You can bullshit yourself, but you can't bullshit your kid. Can I talk like that on your podcast? Sorry. Oh, yeah, sure. Of course. Um, is that, uh, you know, you can't, they see through it. You know, they, again, mm-hmm. you think I'd know this from my own childhood. But it was, uh, yeah. So I feel like being her step parent really called me to embody my own humanity mm-hmm. in a different way like literally physically different way, you know? Um, You live alone as an adult for a long time. Uh, You could just sort of do what you want. And there's like not a mirror in the house in a sense, but a child is a lot like a mirror. And, you know, she basically did live with us. You know, like after we got married, she was with us a lot. It was a very fluid, uh, you know, custody arrangement. And no, it was amicable for, you know, like, you know, we're still, we've done things, you know, it's not like we're friends, but graduations and birthdays and, and, uh, uh, but she essentially like slowly decamped to living with us for various reasons. And um, so she was around and I think, yeah, it just made me think like, oh, you know, I, I can't be a complete jerk all the time. And I guess I am more of a jerk than I thought. Yeah. And um, it made me think about how I wanted to be her mm-hmm. I love my husband very much we have a great relationship um, uh, but the marriage is made so much richer because of her presence in it say more about that right from the get-go literally from the get-go it was always about what the three of us would do together when we were all together even if it wasn't Mark's weekend she was always with him on a Friday night or something and 
she would want to be here for different reasons. Mm-hmm. She was around. And she was just around. I mean, she lived nearby, so it wasn't such a big deal to be here. And everything was oriented to doing stuff with her when she was around. And Mark's like a, I really admired his parenting because he was not going to like just park her in front of a TV or we would always go to like museums and plays. And in the summer, we go to the amusement park, we go to Lake George, you know, he would plan. I'm not a good planner. Mm-hmm. that not too much but just that we had a goal of to go do something together as a family because that's important to him yeah that was really important to her she wanted to be in a whole family divorce for her was very difficult to reconcile mostly because she wanted a kind of together a mom and a dad mm-hmm. and so her mother and this is no disrespect to her you know did not like she was dating someone when she got married you know, it was, it was different. Even if she got married, she got married before we did. It, there was a separation there. If anything, that is, so for this married life, it was like, it was always a, there's certainly the parts that's our relationship, you know, and our marriage and what's between us. But she is, the three of us are a unit. Yeah. So. It sounds like you you all sort of decided to give your hearts to this new family. Yes, that is so well said. Thank you for being more articulate than me. You mentioned a couple times about your screwy childhood. Yeah, oh God, yeah. So it, it's been my experience and I think listening to a lot of people of just like how much uh, being around children makes you rethink your own experience of being a child and see the richness there and the poverty's mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. would you uh talk about like healing your trauma or um how erica's presence in your life brought a mm. new insight there yeah that's good that's a good question i'd spent a lot of time in therapy healing a lot of uh, childhood trauma healing and abuse and PTSD and abandonment, like really big abandonment issues, you know? And uh, I, I really feel like I have had the most, like an embarrassment of riches of healing around that stuff, all, all prior to this. What's an embarrassment of? Um, embarrassment of riches. Like I have too much. Like I got like all the best prizes. Mm. <laughs> The healing yeah. really, that really took. Oh, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like just the right people put in my path and the right circumstances and okay, so okay. many things. I had whatever good grace to see the opportunities and entered into them. Mm-hmm. I think though, when I came to the marriage and the parenting, I had never thought about how that would work in terms of another or other people. And so the thing, like I was saying about my, the power of my mother's love, now make no mistake, my mother was screwed up too. And that's where some of my abandonment, it's not, it's not, it's all messy. It's not clean. Yeah. Through the course of our, my life with my mother, we traveled far and wide emotionally. And by the end of her life, the power of union between us was strong, really mm. strong. My mother taught me so much about though, what love is and not in any kind of sappy way because she was not a sappy person at all and so 
I think that I, so for me, part of that healing was how can I, because I was able to call that out in, in my therapy, like, this is such a gift my mother gave me, you know, like, instead of seeing like the alcohol or the anger or the feeling abandoned and all those things, I was able to kind of mine uh, that this, there was this power of this love, this transforming love. How could I be that and do that for another person, Mm -hmm. for another child? And that's something I think that I really put myself to do, not even consciously at the start. You know, like I don't think I consciously thought, oh, well, I got this, so therefore I'm going to, but it just, it was part of who I was. But it had to be revealed after digging through all the garbage. Mm -hmm that had been on top. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could tell you I'd always done this well, but I I messed up a lot is, you know, I did, I am a very emotional person. And I also had some mental health issues that were not as despite years of therapy as well tended to. And the fact that I went through menopause and Erica through, you know, her puberty at about the same time. So that was, I mean, there were lots of times I lost my shit and I feel regret for, Mm -hmm. but, um, uh, you know, God, kids can be so forgiving though, too, you know, mm-hmm. and so forgiving. Uh, so I think that that's why, like, if I hadn't gone through that healing, I wouldn't be able to, to do or be what I am. Yeah. Where are you today? Where am I? Well, you know, it's different now. She's an adult. I feel so like to see her, I just, that's where I'm at today. Like, wow, (laughs) how did I get so lucky? Yeah. 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 I feel that in the conversation, like how much you like her. Mm -hmm. I I do. I genuinely do. I genuinely do. Um, She's funny, funny, Mm -hmm. funny, 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 smart. Um, I, I fall asleep a lot. Like I'll be watching TV. I fall asleep. Um, we're on a plane. I fall asleep. I've been at sporting events. If I need to sleep, I mean, we'll be out somewhere. And if I'm tired, I'll be like this. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, and so I, nothing stops me. I mean, I can uh-huh. sleep for 10 minutes and then be like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> so Erica for years has been taking pictures of me on her phone. <laughs> she has created not one but two like calendars on shutterfly or whatever (laughs) places you fall asleep i mean i did a series like that but it was places i did diaper changes (laughs) (laughs) and not only that like she has like these funny captions like the one for november i'll take a picture of my phone and send it to you later it's like me we were i don't know like at a sporting event i don't even know where we were and it's like two pictures of me and she'll like put herself in it smiling in front of me like in a selfie. <laughs> and it says like sleepy Fran in her turkey coma or something, you know. <laughs> That's I mean, great. It's like so funny that she does this. And like I think there's like a generosity of spirit in that too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the I think about like joy and laughter is vulnerable. Yeah. Oh. And that yeah. you have like let her make fun of you. Oh yeah, <laughs> is a is a releasing of some power. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 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 
so we, I mean, we, and we do laugh a lot. I think that's at the heart of my relationship with Mark is we, we, we laugh a lot. And nice. That's humor is a huge factor in our family in general. And the other thing I really hear is that you admire her. I do so much, so much. Yeah. Yeah. So much, especially now, like this nursing thing. Mm-hmm. Man, she's, uh, I know she had talked about it. Uh, it would like slip out like a little secret, like she had an interest and she just never pursued it. And I never really thought that, you know. Yeah. And then she, you know, she did her four years and she like, she studied journalism. She's a great writer. She's mm-hmm. a great photographer, um, good storyteller. And she did a lot of marketing stuff. She's got a good eye, graphics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none of it really, I think, stuck. You know, she yeah. didn't know who she wanted to be mm-hmm. or what. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then one day she was like, she was living in Arizona in her mother's house and trying, going on job interviews and none of it was working out. It was very discouraging for her. She was lonely, I think. One day she was like, I think I want to do this. And then she was basically like, she had already looked into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She had already kind of revealed to me what she wanted to do it. I don't know. She's still, she's got a lot of work ahead of her. Um, but she seems to be like motivated for head. sure. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, with the whole COVID thing, I, I would ask her, like, especially when it was at things like here in New York, like we're, we're like a couple hours from New York City, but she, I would say, you know, all these people, you know, the hospitals are overflowing. You know, you see these people like working their asses off under difficult circumstances. She'd be like, I can't wait to do it. Mm. Wow. So impressive to me. Yeah. That's very cool. That's like, that's vocation. Yeah. And I I do hope that this all, you know, it's a long haul for her. It's like starting over in in her early twenties, but she's doing it, you know, and I think the COVID has been hard because it interrupted what she was about to do literally like within weeks was start a certified nursing assistant course, mm, like a certification mm-hmm. course. You know, and this, those are crappy jobs, but she'd be working part-time. She she has a financial circumstance that allows her some flexibility through her, mm-hmm. her mother's family. She, but she wants to work in that kind of setting to get experience, experience yeah. around it. So uh, she, she was literally about to begin that. And then her, her mother was like, I'm going to go back to New York right now. She didn't want to be out in Arizona alone. Um, and I'm glad because I didn't really want her there alone, even though it wasn't bad out there yet. And so it seemed like, oh, they'll come back. They'll be here, right? And uh, here here she still is. Mm-hmm. It's great to have her here. Yeah, sure. Uh, we've not, to have spent all this time together. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so it's, you know, I think that the journey of parenting, like there's so much I would have never really understood or appreciated about it. Again, just like the, there is part of like a uh, sort of daily ordinariness to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. So like the daily ordinariness of like laundry or like hair, you know, when she was a kid, she got long hair. She didn't want anybody to brush her hair. She'd get these knots. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to touch my hair. And, uh, you know, just not like marriage. It's not all exciting. Yeah. In fact, most of it is really, <laughs> and that's fine. But you know, I had had different expectations around relationship. I getting married in an older age, 
I didn't know what to think about. Like we, since we already had a relationship, but then I don't know, it progressed, it progressed. And the other part of that was her faith journey Mm. because she was not, she was baptized, but neither Mark nor Nancy is very religious. And, uh, she started coming to mass with me. I was going to mass a lot. I wasn't working. I was going to daily mass. I didn't make her come with me, but she wanted, you know, come with me. Mm -hmm. And she was really kind of curious about it all. And she received communion at our wedding by accident. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's accident at all. Mm -hmm. You know, she was 10 years old now at this time. She decided, she comes to me one day and says, you know, I'd like to be Catholic. So anyway, her mother agreed to it and was grateful that, you know, I was going to be helping attend to her spiritual needs since Mm. she felt like that was important, but I guess she felt like that wasn't really her Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I catechized her and uh, we we went to church and she got her first Eucharist and in fact, second. Uh, her second, yes. And her mother and fa- stepfather and her grandmother were all there too, you know, and there mm-hmm. everyone was very supportive. It was a very exciting day. And we all went out mm-hmm. to dinner afterwards. It was very nice. Yeah. And uh, that she was about 12 by that point. You know, you're, you're grow up Italian American. There's going to be like some version. Virgin Mary in your imagination. Oh God! And then you become a mother, a stepmother. Yes. Talk to me about that. Okay, so first of all, I grew up like all kids, like loving Mary. Okay. Oh, it's and okay. I. Uh, well, I believe so. My kids in my era, right? We love <laughs> yeah. Mary. Okay. okay, little lady dressed in blue. She's white. She's blonde, blue-eyed, like her son Jesus. It all makes sense. Um, which didn't really make sense to me in an Italian parish because everyone was dark and swarthy. So like, what's mm-hmm. with the blue eyes? Mm-hmm. I had a nice priest. We had lovely nuns. Um, mm-hmm. My father was a twice divorced Jew and he and my mother would sit in the back pew. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew they didn't get communion. I went and didn't ask why. He didn't ask for certain questions. And, mm-hmm. uh, my, he was very welcome in that church. Like mm-hmm. I look back now and I wonder like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. But whatever. It um, happened. It, it, that's it, good. It, yeah. it, is, it is. So like, I didn't have, I'm not programmed to be like, you know, like this, because we were kind of outsiders welcomed in. Anyway, but, so I love Mary, 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 Mary. And my little glow in the dark Mary statue by my bed, you know, my nightstand when I was, you know, a kid, it would, a little late would go out and then she'd stay glowing for a while. And uh, um, I left the church at 13, right after my confirmation. 14, something like that. Meaning like you just stopped going? Yeah, we stopped going. And my father had died and whatever. It's a a whole other story. But anyway, uh, uh, it was a a time I I exercised some independent thought probably for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother was just too wrecked after my father's death. So she was whatever, which just trailed off. So, and I was kind of exploring a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And um, uh but I always loved Mary, always loved Mary. And I, I don't think I got too caught up in the whole like virgin elevated. I just saw her as someone, a mother I could count on. Hmm. So okay. even when I was away, like the saints and Mary played a very big role in my sort of crazy, like searching for a faith. New age, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism. I, 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 I poked around all the spaces. So 
when I came back to church, it was because of Mary. I, be, I really believe that. Um, and I, when I first came back to church, I joined a parish, like sort of, again, sort of this Dorothy and Oz, like, what am I doing here kind of moment. Mm -hmm. But the a, a priest, at, the priest at the parish was young. Well, he was my age. And I was like, I have been to church in 15 years. I'm returning. I'm not even sure I want to. He's like, sure. Like, he's you know, nonplussed. Mm -hmm. I said, I, you know, support, you know, I have gay and lesbian friends and I'm definitely conflicted about abortion. And I was like, you can talk about all these things if you want. Like, I was like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was a good reentry. And one of the first things we talked about was Mary. And he was like, don't you hate that little lady dressed in blue idea? And I was like, yes. Mm. And he was like, he talked about her strength and power. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am, yes, I am so here for this because I never articulated that, but it kind of made sense to me. Like I didn't need that. I didn't need to undo what was. Because I think at some level, I understood her differently. And I'm not saying I had this great instinct. I just sure. don't think I ever pictured her as like a little type obedient, weak-willed, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that was for me. I am definitely have like a strong Mary thing. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't have to be all squished up into a little space. And treated like a delicate doll. Because... She's pretty badass, if you ask me. Did it your sense of Mary change when Erica came into your life? Or when you got married, too? Really more, I would say, as a parent, uh, the appreciation for the heartache of parenting, the mm -hmm. general heartache of parenting. Mm -hmm. Non-specific and how that... That's, so in that way, yes. In that way, yes. So... Uh, will, you, will you say more about that heartache? Well, just like, you know, you see the kids suffer, you know, you can't do anything about it. You know, they've got to go through it. Mm -hmm. You want to fix it. You know, Mark always wants to rush and fix everything. I'd be like, let her, she's got to learn disappointment, but it's still hard to watch, you know, mm -hmm. um, the struggles, the confusion, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the sadness, the things that are normal, you know, yeah. for just growing and living and being who you are. Yeah. That kind of stuff, just just that stuff. Like if she had disappointments around her own mom, you know, mm -hmm. of which there, there were many. You know, I couldn't really do any, you know, it just sort of bear witness to be with her, be present. Yeah. And remind her she has one mother and, you know, that that, that is her mother and mother does love her mm -hmm. she does love her mom i do think of it i mean i think a lot about the trinity mm. i like the idea of the trinity because i think about the unity and diversity mm -hmm. um notion of the trinity uh with bono I, my favorite class probably and uh so i think about the unity and diversity and the tension between um what holes you know so I think I see the three of us in that light. You know, like the tension isn't always held perfectly because we're, we're not God and we're not perfect, but that the desire to have that energy, the mm -hmm. dynamic mm -hmm. of that flow 
is is really important. And I grew up in a, you know, my had a brother, but he was 21 years older, a sister who was 16 years older and was not 15 years older and not really around most mm-hmm. of my life. Um, half brother, half sister. And um, uh, so I felt like I, you know, grew up as an only child myself. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely triangulation between parents. My father would triangulate between my mother and me. Mm-hmm. Bad, really bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad, bad, super bad. For me, there is a spiritual and emotional and deep healing around three people in a balanced relationship. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. What advice would you have for step parents? I think the thing is, and to kind of realize the role that you occupy, you know, the what you're called to be because you're neither here nor there in one sense. Like, so Mm -hmm. what is a step parent? Um, And of course, a lot of it's going to be dependent on the dynamics of the other relationships. Yeah. That that could be shifting all the time. Right. Right. But like, I I remember meeting a woman when I came here, Um, somebody invited me to join a book group. So I, I go to the meeting and this one woman says something, I say something about my stepdaughter and she was like, you have a relationship with your stepdaughter? And I'm like, yeah. And you could see she was kind of shocked by this. And it turned out that she and her husband, and they had two small children, and his her husband had like a 12-year-old, like same age as Erica was at that time, daughter who they kind of all collectively decided that, well, he just won't really have a relationship with his daughter because he has a new wife and new children now. And she was like, for her, that was a relief. And I understand things can be complicated in step parenting, in all parenting, but we're thinking like, but she was shocked. Like, why would you do that? Kind of. Hmm. So I think for step parents is to kind of like observe. It's a good time to listen more than talk. Mm-hmm. And if so, you understand your place in it. Mm-hmm. Not to be meek, but to be wise. Uh, yeah. Something I would not always be so accused of at, at, at those days of one beginning. Of, it was maybe a call to wisdom for me. I had to kind of like just hang back and see where it would go. I think you have to let uh, the child or children lead the way a bit. Yeah. Not, not be... You know, some kids can be tyrannically dominant about that. Play parents, you know, it just depends on the dynamics and all kids are capable of that and do stuff like that. But I think, but at large, you know, where, what's best for that young person? Mm -hmm. What's best for that young person? And uh, I think also for the spouse is to have a very clear understanding of, like, I knew that from the get-go. Most important. uh, Most important. And I don't, I never felt less. I had people say, oh my God, it's not going to be good for your marriage. If you get married to him. I was like, I think it'll be okay. Like it was um, a different kind of importance. Mm-hmm. It's a priority. Right. You weren't in competition with her. No, no, no. And I think so many people look at it like that. Like if I were a different person, I would have listened to my friends and been like, oh my God, this isn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. I got to elbow my way in there. Mm-hmm. We never, like I said, we never had that. There was this natural and it's literally from the very first weekend that we were all together as one. 
we went out to dinner. We met on dinner on Friday night. And she was so sweet and cute. And the next day we went to a movie and we went out to eat. And, mm-hmm. um, it was just from that point forward, doing stuff, the three of us together. Mm-hmm. Go to a movie, go to a baseball game, go to a football game, just stuff together. Yeah. And it sounds like, too, that when she would give a piece of her heart to you, you would give back, you know, like that there was, there's like a temptation in parenting. I talk about it all the time on this podcast, like to hold the power. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But that what you offered her was to let her hold a lot of power and like that you guys could reciprocate um, Mm -hmm. and, and in doing so form intimacy. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, and that's that's true. And like, well, anything else you want to share that you in your reflections or prep you thought of and you haven't had a chance to? Um, well, I just would like to um, say, uh, I'm, I'm not sure this has any context, but I thought of this story when I was reading through the question. So we're on a vacation. We're not married yet, so it's probably... 2006 so she's just turned 10 maybe and she we're in Rhode Island at the beach mm-hmm. and Mark says you know we were staying like not we had to drive to get to the beach so we get in the car and I had my period and I was really having very heavy periods and and so I say to him like how long are we gonna stay he goes eh, an hour or so of course I know better now but it's early enough on that I was like okay so I didn't bring other supplies mm-hmm. and I get up at one point I was gonna go on the wall and like I had to leave like right then because I just stupidly mm-hmm. should have probably brought extra something but whatever so I said we have to leave like right now what do you mean and we've been there like three hours at this point like we've been here a long time I, I mean there's no turning back mm-hmm and in fact, I don't think I even have en- enough stuff at home. Like I need, we need to stop at the store. Mm-hmm. So we, we get to get there. And I send him into the stop and shop <laughs> to, to buy tampons and pads or something. Like I can't, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm like, get in there. And I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting on like two beach towels and I have one wrapped around me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's in the back seat. She didn't go in the street. She wanted to wait in the car with me. So we're just sitting there. And she says, well, what's going on? And I say to her, like, wow, I have my menstrual. I forget exactly how I said it. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's that? And, oh, gosh. Like, she didn't know. Oh, no, 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 no. So maybe it was even earlier. Maybe she was not. I, it doesn't matter. So she's, so I, I, I say, yeah. Uh, this is how funny she is. So I say, uh, well, this is kind of stuff you should probably talk to your mother about, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? And she's just relentless. She won't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. Just, uh, I don't, your mother hasn't talked to you about menstruating. What's that? Period now. Happens once a month. She hasn't talked to you about any of this. She goes, Fran, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. 
So I say, well, you know, you have mm-hmm. an egg and it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I kind of do the quick mm-hmm. on it, clear. The sperm gets this, you know, yeah, baby. Yeah. I go through the thing. And then she goes, so wait, because you're bleeding, it means you're not going to have a baby. And I go, exactly. And she says, oh, that's too bad. And I go, why? She goes, because you'd make the most awesome mom ever. Hmm. Well, at that point, I projectiles cried in the front seat. (laughs) (laughs) And so, because I was like so struck by her, just her way of saying that. So, um, thank you for that story. Yeah. Anyway, so I just, um, I, I think I felt like, Oh God, what what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I? What is that? Like I hadn't maybe thought of myself in that in that terms before. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a good life I have. I'm really grateful. It. Yeah, really grateful. So anyway. Thanks. Thank you for thank, doing it. Thank me. you. I hope I can't imagine. I really don't know that I'm all that interesting. But this is beautiful. I love knowing you. Likewise. Uh-huh.